Hey guys, and welcome to season three of the Us People podcast. I'm your host, Savio Rox, and in this season, I get to make my guests laugh, cry, and even make them think about life a little differently with the questions I fire over to them, which digs into their lives and professions a little differently. We even had a chance to change up the intro, giving you a fresh new sound. I look forward to sharing season three of the Us People podcast with you. Let's go. Hello, lovely beings. My name is Paulina Tenner. I am an author, a keynote speaker, an entrepreneur, and an angel investor. And you are listening to Us People podcast with Savia Rocks. Made up my mind, now is my time to shine. Now is my time to shine. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Yes People Podcast. I'm your host, Savvy Rocks, and in this episode, I have the lovely Paulina here with me. We're the TEDx speaker, published author, entrepreneur, business mentor, and angel investor. Paulina, thank you so much for coming to the Yes People Podcast. How are you? Yay, it's so exciting. I'm so happy to be on. Like, we've been touched for a while. I know you've done quite a bit of research on me and you've read my book kindly. I'm really, really, really looking forward to this conversation, Savia. Uh, cool. I love it. I love it. I love the fact that you got a smile on your face even before we begin. So, Paulina, my first important question that I ask every single guest who comes on the show is could you tell me a bit about yourself? where you grew up but also how that influenced you to be the person who you are today absolutely so i grew up in poland uh, i only came to the uk when i was 19 for a scholarship to study at ucl but all my youth i was in poland with my family um i have a lovely family actually um they are Catholic, so that's kind of shaped my outlook and my values for quite a while. Um, um, they are, I've got one sister. Um, I was always a really good student. I studied music. Um, I used to go to kind of both regular school and music school in the afternoons and evenings, so I was always very busy. Yeah, I was just one of those kids that are like really, really good at what they do, uh, whatever they do really, and which, you know, looking back at it was a way to a degree to like earn recognition and attention and love. So, uh, yeah, so that kind of shaped me a little bit. I still evaluate myself, I think, a bit too much on like what I managed to accomplish um, in life and how I'm doing things as, as if I was a human doing as opposed to human being. So I'm kind of learning to unwind that a little bit. Yes. But very grateful to my parents, very grateful to my family. I think I was brought up in kind of a sense of um, love and belonging, which is so important. Paulina, can you define yourself as a person, but also who do you see when you look in the mirror and what does your reflection say back to you as an individual and has there ever been a time where you haven't recognized your reflection staring back at you how did you manage to come back and be the positive person that you are today mm-hmm. what a beautiful question yeah so when I look at myself I really do my best to say something positive so to say I really love you or I really see you um 
that doesn't always come easily That's but true. i really these days make a conscious effort to when i see myself in the mirror to send myself a positive message of some sort a message of support um i wouldn't say that there have been times when i didn't recognize myself there have been has been at times when i looked at my reflection and i felt like oh you look tired or you look disconnected or you look like um you're not in touch with your creative side for example which is you know i'm sure we'll come to it but that's when i started burlesque like years back when i was so immersed in business and um so kind of um focused on developing the my the left side of my brain so the logical rational side i felt like i was like kind of dying inside to a degree because my creativity and my creative flow was blocked so sometimes i look at myself and i see things that i'm missing in my life yeah how did you manage to come back to that how did you find how did you manage to find the things that you were missing in your life because people can find that extremely hard especially when they don't know what they're looking for mm, yeah um i think that if you search deep within you will find the answer so i think we are a well of answers and a well of wisdom it's just a matter of being able to stay connected to that so um I knew something was, was missing back when I was maybe two years into the development of my company, Grand Tree. I was yeah. super busy, super, super focused on business, and I knew something was missing. And then, you know, I heard that call of the creative, wacky uh, part <laughs> of me, which was really unfulfilled at that time. And it felt like it just needed attention. It was crying out, you know, for me to spend some more time with it, to develop it. So that's how I knew that oh, oh my God, okay, it's the time. If I don't want that side to really wither away, it's time to find a way to nourish it. And the moment you open to it, universe provides. So, you know, there was this completely serendipitous moment when I was like on my way from one meeting to another in Piccadilly Circus and I stumbled upon this burlesque and cabaret club called Café de Paris. And it was daytime, <laughs> yeah. so there wasn't even any shows, but they had a burlesque rehearsal. So I just popped in and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I saw those feathers, those sequins, the lace, but most importantly, the, the chutzpah, the charisma, the attitude of the people that were just rehearsing their show. Confidence. And I was like, this yeah. is exactly what I've been missing. This is exactly what I've been missing. And I promised to myself, I would find out how to become a burlesque showgirl because there must be a way, you know, you train for it. What do you do? I didn't know at the time, but I asked around, I sent a few emails and um, I have come across a burlesque school called The Cheek of It, which I'm actually doing another course with right now as we <laughs> speak. Uh, and I felt this is it. I'm totally giving it a go. See, I like that, that enthusiasm. And it's been one of the most beautiful adventures of my entire life. So far. I love that. I love that. You've got a lot more to see, believe me. I know that for a fact you have an absolute lot more to see. So let's talk about your values, living your dream, and the way you see victory within yourself when you accomplish something. So first of all, your values for life. What do you believe your values for life are? Mm. 
So um, that's a really interesting question because I think that, you know, we have this evolutionary purpose. So our purpose kind of changes and evolves as we live you know, through different stages of life. But there are also things that are like a core of our personality or identity, which kind of are a recurring theme in our life. So when I look for this recurring theme, I see that I really value honesty, for example, ideally like radical honesty, really honest in my relationship. I've been kind of radically honest and transparent in my business. You know, in my business, people set their own salary, financials transparent. So that's a really important one. A value of um, freedom, personal freedom and self-expression, always a big one. And that's really manifested itself in my creativity. Um, as I said, my kittens are running around like crazy this morning. So if you lovely people listening can hear some weird noises, that will be my kittens. Whisking. I love it. I love it. All I hear is... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's whiskey, a ginger one and bubbles, a tricolored one, just being like on speed this morning. I, love I don't know. It. I think they know I'm in the building. <laughs> Absolutely. They respond to your energy for sure. For sure. <laughs> So talk to me about leadership and victory. So, for example, you started up your business. For me, that is already a victory because it takes a lot of strength, confidence, pride, compassion within yourself, but also kindness to yourself, which I know a lot of people are starting to understand that they need to have in order for them to live and succeed the way that they want to. But what does leadership mean to you and having the victory of doing something that you love mm, leadership means putting yourself out there taking taking a stand for something that you believe in it means not being afraid to shine not being um not apologizing to the world for your le uh, leadership qualities for your charisma mm -hmm. being ready to guide others but not impose yourself on others that's really really important just mostly really taking a stand for something that you care about so we can be leaders every one of us in our own personal life you know how we show up in different situations in life you don't have to be at the head of a massive company to be a leader you can be a That's leader true. in any simple situation in life it's all about how you show up how you take a stand for things that you believe in I love that that's a really good answer and I hope that people take that answer with them especially the part when you say you don't have to be at the top to be a leader in what you do Mm, you know, it's, that's very that's very important for people to understand because a lot of people in the world think you have to be a CEO or a managing director for people to actually take you seriously but sometimes it's just about the energy you give into your work that shows people you are a leader in what you do so thank Absolutely. you so much for saying that that's really important <laughs> one of the things I do want to ask you and I love asking this question is what is a day in your life like so from when you woke up in the morning with the cats, for example, <laughs> so then you go maybe to what you, how you get ready, how you mentally prepare yourself, how you go and do your business journey, uh, stripping in the evening or the daytime, whichever it is that you do. What is a day in your life like? Yeah, sure. So I um, wake up... Um, 
quite early. I have three times a week. I have a gym session at 7 a.m., which is a really good start to the day. Um, if I'm uh, not exercising in the morning, then I really like to ground myself, do a short meditation, do a little bit of journaling about my mental health the day before while I remember it. Uh, obviously feed the kittens, like give them a cuddle. Yeah, that's a really important one. Usually I'm up earlier than my husband, so I'm the one to feed them in the morning. And I have breakfast, healthy, healthy breakfast quite early on as well. So I would have some, I don't know, eggs typically or a, a egg white omelette or something like that. And coffee, lovely coffee, obviously. Um, and then, you know, my day can unfold in a variety of different ways. So I'm blessed enough to have built up my company to a level where it's got about 50 people in it and it doesn't need me full time anymore. So I'm an advisor to it. And I'm at the same time have the freedom to focus on all sorts of personal projects. Oh. I can really be guided by my intuition and my feeling as to what I feel drawn to on a given day, what I feel like working on, which, you know, um, obviously I have deadlines and I have priorities. So when I was editing it in my book, for example, I was really hyper-focused on that. These days, I'm really focused on booking speaking gigs, for example. I'm really kind of uh, out there promoting the book a lot. By the way, you should check out my book, What the Business Leader Learned from the Stripper, Laid Bear. Uh, it's on uh, paulinatenner.com slash book. Um, it's just something I'm really, really proud about and like really happy to have released this kind of brain baby into the world. Uh, I just had the official launch date um, uh, earlier this week, so uh, it's kind of fresh in my mind. But yeah, it just my day can in, in, unfold in a variety of ways. But one thing I love to do is to kind of run around a little bit, you know, meet people here, there, have a coffee with someone there, here, a lunch with someone there. So not be kind of by my desk uh, 24-7, like that's not my style. Same. And I really do my best to do something nice and social in the evening. So it could be just connecting with my husband. It could be seeing one of my friends. It could be taking a French class. I'm learning French twice a week. Yeah. Um, sometimes a bit of exercise, particularly if I didn't manage to in the morning. Yeah, I go to bed around 11, sometimes midnight maybe. Yeah, um, yeah uh, again, just doing my best to really disconnect from the screens, from the noise of the world a little bit before I go to bed to really have a good night's sleep. Yeah. I like that. I definitely like that. So you were so excited in a specific part when we were just talking, which is mm -hmm. your book. Let's talk about your book because I know you're going to bring the energy with the book. Okay. Mm. Laid bare. I had a chance of reading your book, which is awesome. I have everything in front of me, which no one can actually see at the moment, but I want you to break down the reason behind you writing the book I have loads of questions for you so tell me about your book where it came from in your mind and how was your mental attitude towards writing this book for people to read mm, yeah good question so again it was a bit of kind of serendipity in the universe showing me the way because um a couple of years back, uh, I had this like a lot of creative energy. I wasn't quite sure what to do with it. But 
um, I remember a few friends in the space of a couple of weeks, maybe mentioning something like, oh, you should write, you should really write. And I was like, well, I, I never really considered, like I've written blog posts and articles, but I've never considered writing anything bigger. And then, you know, after one particular lunch with a friend, I decided to kind of sit down, open a Google doc and just see what happens. Yeah. And, you know, things started pouring out of me. And obviously they were far from the finished version of the book, which was like many edits and restructurings yeah. and things like that. But that kind of showed me, oh, wow, I've got this like big creative urge to write, to share with the world what I'm about. So, um, back then i had no idea what the real structure of the of the book would be um how it would kind of what shape it would take but i just enjoyed pouring things onto paper yeah um, like and it was just a great great pleasure and it felt like kind of flowing with it so i would get inspired by something i would write about it obviously i wrote a lot about my company uh, grant tree um mm. I wrote about my adventures as a burlesque artist, yep. um, which is a hobby that I have. Um, but back then I didn't see, um, yeah, I didn't have the, the kind of spine of the book yet or the kind of a, an anchor of it, which kind of, which came up later and which was all about showing how performing on stage and reconnecting with my creative, intuitive, feminine side of my leadership has really allowed me to come into myself and uh, become a more powerful leader overall so that came later but back then I was just like flowing with my where my inspiration took me and that was absolutely beautiful adventure and uh, definitely won't be the last book <laughs> I like that sit guys you heard it here it definitely won't be the last book okay <laughs> I love that so <laughs> How do you feel that you, within your book, because I know you talk about investing and, and you talk about people just owning, owning themselves. How do you feel that you help businesses within writing your book to go for what they want in life rather than staying stuck? Mm, well, I really, I hope I show people that it helps so much to be in touch with your souls and hearts desire that if you hear that kind of knocking or that you know calling out of your spirit like i you know back when i was so immersed in business i felt that my creativity was dying and withering away if you hear that call just respond to it because you know very often we've got things that we used to love doing that we've abandoned we've got this kind of beautiful artistic divine child part of us that you know is trying to speak to us in many ways and um it's so important to be able to reconnect with the things that we've left behind with the wilder um creative rebellious provocative part of ourselves it could take different shapes and forms because you know for me that was took the form of like performing on stage and being a burlesque girl but it could be anything it could be just this weird hobby that you used to have or something you dreamt about doing when you were a kid and when you manage to reconnect with it oh it's just so beautiful and so powerful um so i hope i can inspire people to do that 
in their lives and show them how, you know, by doing that, they become more powerful I like leaders that. overall. I like that. How does on stage help you with your, this is one question that I love to ask anybody mm. who performs on stage. Okay. I have a lot of creative people who find a creative inspiration within themselves to stay strong and love what they do. And you are right. A lot of people are backing away because for example, corporate world can be tough. Okay. Mm-hmm. We know it can be tough business wise. And a lot of corporate people do have an immense amount of creativity within themselves to be great and be able to do both. But for some reason, they don't. Mm. How do you feel being on stage and just having that confidence helps Mm -hmm. you in your daily business life? Oh, yeah. So I've experienced some of the most beautiful times in my life, actually, being on stage and not being either a performer or a public speaker, which is why I love public speaking so much. I just experienced this moment where you're completely in the flow and your kind of ego and your personal agenda dissolves and you just feel like a vehicle for something else, a higher power perhaps to um, communicate through you or to guide you. Um, And it's not something that I've experienced very often, but enough times in my life to really feel like it's the most beautiful state I can possibly be in. Um, And I just love how, you know, both performing and public speaking is about this stunning exchange of energy between me and the audience. So I give them my talent, my charisma, my ideas. They give me appreciation, attention in the end. And one feeds the other, the audience feeds me, I feed them. And it just feels like this stunning exchange of energy uh, that can happen when obviously there's the right conditions, um, people are not distracted and your performance or your talk is delivered and structured well enough to really engage, to really vulnerably engage as opposed to kind of deliver some content and get off stage and that's that. But really vulnerably, you know, engage with who those people are in this particular moment. What do they care about to really reveal something vulnerable about yourself? That's when the most beautiful moments happen. So that's why I'm, you know, a total addict of, um, being on stage being in front of people I don't think it's something that will ever go away for me that's good I'm glad you said that and that I hope that gives people who are listening the strength to understand that what you do love you should carry on doing because people seem to think that you can only do one and not the other whereas if you just divide your time in a certain way you should be able to do as many things as your heart desires absolutely that's, that's just just my personal look okay I have loads of people have asked me loads of questions when I was speaking about you a lot and I know that we we rearranged and we 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 came back to do the interview and I'm so glad we're doing it today so when I said that I was going to speak to you certain people asked me certain questions so I said okay I'll ask Paulina one of the questions one of the questions were this whole stigma about stripping and being on stage mm. and stuff right mm. and sexuality so, expressing yourself kind of ex- sexually in, in, exactly. in society in general right people have this stigma about strippers and how they are and 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 how they look or, or what they do for a living you're nothing of what <laughs> and this is me can be completely honest people have this stigma but when i see you you are a positive professional 
business lady who knows what she wants who knows how she does it who helps people evolve as individuals why do people in your opinion have a stigma about people who are strippers because you can be anything you want in life Mm. I don't understand the whole stigma around and judgment around this specific profession. Could you break it down for me? Yeah, I, f- if, I think it's fascinating. Um, the whole stigma around sexuality and sexual um, energy in general, which is so precious because it's tied to our life force. It is our life force, really, our creative power. I think it just comes from the whole... Um, civilizational societal um judeo-christian um and even earlier possibly um setup and makeup of our society um and it's kind of makes me sad because i'm really into tantra as well which Mm. talks about sexuality but a whole philosophy for life and it talks a lot about um how potent sexual power is and to not have that included in our being or incorporated into our life as adults uh, feels yeah feels like we've been missing out on a massive potential within ourselves um so yeah blessed performers and strippers are sometimes seen by people as oh this is so degrading this is so morally ambiguous and i think if you actually have been to a burlesque show you will understand that this is there could be nothing further from the truth in that it's actually massively empowering massively empowering right now i'm as i mentioned i'm developing another burlesque act with the cheek of it burlesque school and i'm in a group of ladies maybe about 20 of them beautiful beings and if like the the rehearsals that we have the get-togethers that we have the power the joy the creativity that's kind of present in that room when we're together. It's amazing. And that kind of sisterhood, the connections that I just see a group of beautiful, like truly empowered, uh, love, life loving, uh, joyful women of all shapes and sizes, all skin colors, all ages that are coming together to create something beautiful. And when you come to a show, and I've, if, particularly if you haven't been, really encourage you to. My particular, if you're London-based, my uh, graduation ceremony is at the Bedford uh, on the 4th of April. and Sorry, 3rd of April. Uh, and there's going to be a group of us performing. But there's many opportunities to see burlesque shows in the US, in the UK, everywhere. Uh, you will see how, you know, the best performance are, performers are those who are absolutely loving and cherishing every moment they're on stage. We're absolutely loving and cherishing their bodies. And they really don't have to be model-like bodies that are really, you know, uh, celebrating their femininity and sometimes masculinity, because I've seen boylet performers as well. And I really, you know... Um, bringing that power of sensual and sexual expression onto the stage and by doing so empowering those who are watching to be really more connected to their bodies more connected to their sexual expression and it's just this 
beautiful magical sharing i mean it's one of the honestly one of the most beautiful things that happened to me in my life my adventure with the lesk and may it long continue <laughs> hey i like that so yeah so i totally understand it's not for not for everyone but before you um judge burlesque or stripping as something degrading or something morally ambiguous please i beg you come to a burlesque show experience yes i like that i know do you know what it happened to me because i was it was my birthday and mm -hmm. we were walking around a couple of years ago before the whole covid situation happened and we walked into a venue and i didn't know what the venue was and my friends mm -hmm. took me there and i got to see one and i was like this is awesome Mm. this is awesome the, the empowerment the confidence um everything that you think it would be turned out not at all mm. not at all and i agree with you if you are ever near one in central london especially go and see one because it's pretty cool paulina my question for you is mm. when was the last time you felt peace in your life um actually this morning like and it. it's beautiful because you know this morning i woke up my kittens were jumping all over the bed so i was like <laughs> oh what's that but i woke up i had my coffee i had my egg white omelet i was just sat on the bed a little bit preparing you know mentally for talking to you and i was like life is good i'm grateful i'm grateful yeah. yesterday i felt a bit low energy but overall it was a good day Today is looking like it'll be an even better day. And I'm just grateful for being where I am, doing what I'm doing. I like that. Um, and I'd love to have opportunities today, starting with this conversation, yeah. to really bring something positive to people's lives. However small it is, I would love for the universe to show me how to be more present, to be more of service, or to bring something beautiful to whoever I meet on my path today. Mm -hmm. I think you're doing that already. I think you're absolutely doing that already. <laughs> Talk to me about diversity. I know that's very important to you because you've spoken about people who you work with from different cultures, different backgrounds. How do you feel like you are a part of diversity and what you, what do you feel you bring to diversity in the world? Mm. Yeah, so diversity is kind of such an interesting concept because we can talk about diversity in terms of race, gender, socioeconomic. Yeah background but we can talk also about inner diversity so the different identities personalities uh, qualities that we have within ourselves yes. for me you know um, when I started doing burlesque I discovered a whole different part of myself and I discovered that you know our true power lies at the intersection of where different parts of our personality or identity meet and interact mm -hmm. Yes. So I never thought I could marry up the businesswoman and the stripper and have them talk to each other and learn from each other until I did, I think it was back 2014, my TEDx talk, which actually inspired my book, where I literally, you know, um, talked to the audience as a businesswoman and on the backdrop, um, I had slides uh, with photos of me as a burlesque girl. And I was really making fun of this. I was like, you cannot tell anybody about this because it could drive my career into the pavement. So <laughs> keep quiet. And I was just, you know, I was making fun of all these worries and dilemmas I used to have. 
but I wanted to bring all of me to the world, to be open about all of the things that I am and that I do. So when we talk about diversity, which is hugely important, you know, in the workplace, in the creative process, let's not forget about the inner diversity as well. So about like how bringing together different aspects of who we are can really unlock our true power. That's true. That is definitely true. If there was one quote, excuse me, if there was one quote, that represented who you are as a person. What mm. one quote would you choose and why would you choose that particular quote? Mm. This is obviously difficult because I've had many things at many different stages of my life that resonated. But one that comes to me now is from late Tony Shai, who was uh, the CEO of Zappos, a company, a shoe e-commerce company that got sold to Amazon that we were really inspired by actually because they uh, run a system called Holacracy, which we also run, um, and they are um, a similar company in terms of their structure and values. And he said something along the lines of, in a little book called Delivering Happiness, which is, you know, a book where he outlines how he started and grew his company. He'd said something along the lines of envision, create, and believe in your own universe, and that universe will shape itself around you. I like that. And I just really love it because, you know, in my life, I am about creating this little bubble, whether it's with my businesses, with my creative projects, just creating an alternative reality for myself in terms of what I want my world to look like. And then what I notice that it often, you know, the circumstances around it kind of transform themselves to accommodate that little bubble that um, the universe kind of supports me in creating that little universe like it did with my company Grantree and it grew and it became uh, much bigger than I thought it would have been. Um, So I think many a time if we really take the time and the effort to create something for ourselves, our piece of reality, the external universe Mm -hmm. adjusts to accommodate that piece of reality within it. See, that's a really good concept and way of looking of life. I love that. What is the best advice you have ever received from someone? And how has it helped you in your business life and your personal life? Um, I've received lots of advice because I really believe in um, talking to mentors and people that know more than me and surrounding myself with people that have accomplished more and that are kind of people I aspire to become. Uh, Probably it would have been um, about trusting myself, so trusting my intuition and surrounding myself with a really strong support network yeah that's particularly important for any founder or any female founder so all those of you who are listening who are wanting to start businesses or wanting to create something new in the world really important to have that beautiful you know strong personal support network people who have your back who will be there for you you know through the ups and the lows so that's just a really really you know important because being a leader being somebody who dares to take a stand is sometimes a lonely thing and it's sometimes a difficult yeah and and trusting yourself trusting your intuition is hugely important as well because so 
often we ignore that little voice or that kind of hunch in our gut and then we discover oh my god have I listened to that yeah I think we should really strive and I'm talking to myself as much as as much as I'm talking to you listening uh, we should really strive to um empower that little voice to magnify it to really be able to distinguish it from the multitude of voices we have within us and allow it to guide us I like that I can hear that you were also talking to yourself Mm, absolutely absolutely you know it's um, I'm in no position to kind of give other people advice from on high no I'm still learning I'm just so much in the process of life uh creating and shaping myself every day um as I'm sure do you lovely people who are listening so yeah so that that's the advice to, to all of us if there was one song that was the soundtrack of your life Paulina what song would you choose and why would you choose that particular song? She's smiling, guys. So first thing, yeah, first thing that came to mind is a song that I'm going to use in my upcoming burlesque act. And birds flying high, I am you know high. how I feel, sun in the sky, you know how I feel. And so on and so on. And it's <laughs> feeling good and it's a particular version by Nina Simone, who's one of my yes. Artist, she is so powerful. She is such an amazing, badass woman. Um, and it's a song because you know, I if you read my book, you will see that I have had and I'm still on a journey with mental health. I have not felt good throughout my life, but I've always searched for that place within me where I'm in harmony and at peace um, and I knew that that is the true inner wealth to be at peace to find that place of groundedness of alignment with your higher self so you know that is something that probably would be a song that really guides me through life in that I don't always feel good, not at all, but I search for that place. I remember what it felt like. I come back to it time and time again. What was the hardest part of writing your book for you? Hmm. I think it was, it might have been the continuous kind of like re-edits and restructuring of it so I really enjoyed the initial creative process but then kind of defining what it really is you know asking myself all the vital questions around who will read it why will they read it what will they get out of it and discarding a lot of like very kind of I thought inspired creative stuff that I've written because it really didn't fit with the overall concept that was relatively hard, I'd say, uh, because it felt like, ah, oh, it's no longer about me, 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 my creative process. No, it's about the, the, the recipient and it's yeah. about what they will get out of it. And just shifting that mindset and just remembering that it is actually about who I'm talking to and how they will engage with the book, that that was, you know, a change in perspective that was very much needed. Uh, And I think in that, in that, because of the writing, the second book might be a little bit easier in that I, from the beginning, I'll be more focused on 
who am I writing for? What are they getting out of it? Why would they, you know, dedicate their precious time, which, you know, we all, all, all have a finite amount of time to engage with my work. That's true. That's definitely true. When did you realise that language had power, especially communicating through writing or speaking? Because you are both, you are a speaker, out loud and present, but you're also a writer, out loud and present. When did you realise that language of any kind had power to communicate with people? Mm, I think from relatively early childhood when I started studying music, and music is the most universal language that exists, I saw the power that communicating in that, in that language had, how it united people, how it really touched people's hearts and souls and beings. And I was like, wow, you know, communicating through music can have a profound impact on um, somebody's world, you know, can be a profound tool of connection. And then later on, I started performing on stage. So I kind of rediscovered the power, the power of actual language, spoken word um, and performative side of myself as a creative being. Um, so it's been a process and I still, it's something that I still keep coming back to and rediscovering uh, with every good, fulfilling performance or public speech that I give. I'm like, wow, this can, wow, I can really change, I can really touch someone. Like, isn't it a gift to be on stage? So I, I see being on stage as, as a blessing and a gift. Uh, because and in the responsibility as well to really use that time in order to create a meaningful connection with those listening one of the most important questions I like to ask is very simple but what would you like your legacy to be Mm. when you decide and only when you decide that you have done enough in the world how would you like people in the world of generations here now and generations to come remember you as a person yeah well first of all i don't have like very grandiose vision because i think it's much more important at least for me to feel like i've touched several people's lives uh maybe more and change inspire them or change something for the better but should the universe want to put me in a position of leadership well well i will have a chance to affect thousands or or millions of lives, I would just, um, it's not about how they remember me, it's about how much more empowered they feel in themselves um, to carry out their mission. So I wouldn't say it's so important for them to remember, oh, Paulina was this person who did X, Y, Z, or who was this ridiculous burlesque performer. I mean, if people remember me for who I was, that's lovely and that's beautiful. But what's more important to me is that they take away something that they have discovered within themselves, their power, their creativity, their expression as a result of connecting with me. Mm -hmm. That would be amazing. I love that. That sounds good to me. Paulina, I only have one more for you. The (laughs) most important one. Okay. No pressure. (laughs) No pressure. Okay. No pressure. Where can everyone find you on all your social media platforms? Mm-hmm. Where can they buy your book? Where can they get in contact with you if they want to know more about you? Absolutely. So 
um, I would absolutely love to see um, and to hear what you think about what I've written, if it resonates, what you've taken away from my book. I know Savia liked it, so hopefully uh, you can take something uh, for yourselves <laughs> from my story. Uh, you can find my book on Paulina Tenner, so my first last name dot com slash book. And there, you know, you have a button that will take you to Amazon UK and Amazon US where you can easily get it. Um, something worth mentioning because I love giving back and connecting with entrepreneurs. Until the end of this month, I have a particular offer running. So if you um, are happy to buy my book and write an Amazon, so short Amazon review, I promise to find 30 minutes in my diary to connect around what's important to you. So for example, to give you, okay. as I'm an angel investor as well, to give you, give you feedback around your pitch or to help you develop your idea or to help you uh, figure out how to deal with a particular difficulty in your business. And the way to connect with me, um, if you'd like to take me up on that offer is um, on my, my email is simply me at paulinatenner.com. Uh, I'm at Paulina Tenner on all social media. That's Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Clubhouse, Facebook, whatever you. <laughs> so it's not difficult to find me. So if you'd like to take me up on that offer, simply, you know, ping me a screenshot of your um, review. And I promise to have to find some time in my diary for you for a one-to-one -one session. Even though my diary get, tends to get quite busy, I, I love to connect with entrepreneurs. So I, I uh, figured out uh, that's what I want to do. Um, and what else? Yes. And also um, on my website, you can easily subscribe to my uh, newsletter where I keep you updated about my speaking gigs, about my perform burlesque performances and yeah. everything else where you can have the opportunity to see me and to kind of discover a bit more of my world. See? Guys, go ahead. That's an opportunity right there. That's a door that's open for you. Paulina, this is the time where I say to you, thank you so much for your time, your energy, your wisdom, your cats. Oh, yeah, my cats are still here. <laughs> your, your love of life. Please thank keep you, doing what you're doing. Absolutely. And thank you for all your energy today. Thank you so much. And I absolutely loved connecting with you, my dear. And since we're based not too far from each other, I hope it's a start of a of a friendship. I would love to it say. It sure is. I really appreciate you for what you do as well, for how much time you put into actually, you know, finding out about me and who I am and how to engage with me. So thank you and bless you and let's stay in contact. Most definitely, most definitely, guys. Thank you so much for listening to the Ask People podcast and please remember you can subscribe and leave us a review on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play and any other platform that you prefer listening to. Please also follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter and you can also donate to the Ask People podcast by simply going to the Savvy Rocks website or just typing in paypal.me forward slash us people podcast guys thank you so much for listening stay happy stay positive and as always please continue to be kind to one another
Yeah, I'm just thinking that I really enjoyed it. Um, I'm gonna take a little bit of time to kind of like ground myself because I got quite excited while talking. But you're right, I'm very, very relaxed. It's gonna be a good day. Everything you do, you make the rules. So 